up, what up, everybody? Welcome to the latest, greatest episode and edition of the Nesson After Hours podcast. I am more stoked and just ready for today's podcast, I think, than I ever have been in recent history. Celia yeah, Godwin, text- Emerson Lazio, let's go. <laughs> yeah, uh, you literally text me this morning and you're like, I have bad news. And I was like, oh no, he's going to drop out of the podcast today. And he's like, I am so ready for this LFG <laughs> upper case. I, I put on pants today. That's, oh. I, I, I'm serious. I literally put on pants today. That's how serious I am. Brought my A game. I haven't worn pants in like over a year. I was going to uh, say 11 months in the quarantine, this pandemic. Look at you. You are finally back to adulting. <laughs> trying to at least, man, it's, uh, it's been a year, right? Yeah. Anyway, it, you guys know the drill. Two guests, two topics, and with that, we're going to welcome our first one. She is one of the first of the first to do anything in football. Literally, like you can list them off, being the first coach, being the first player in professional football. It's Dr. Jen Welter. Really appreciate you having you on today. Seriously, um, it's Women's History Month. Uh, what does this month personally mean to you, just to welcome you into the show? It's so great to meet you all today. Um, Women's History Month obviously is, is so important to talk about and it's, it's special to be a part of because a lot of the things that you might've list off at first, that means to me, there was not somebody that I could look at and say, I want to be her, right? Mm-hmm. And at, it, it's really hard to dream about things and plan to do things when there's nobody you can look at and say, I want to be her. And so uh, thank you for shedding the light on or on women doing great things so that we have an, a generation of girls who know no better. They're like, what do you mean? That's my game. I play this. This is what I do. And that's that's what you're helping us do. So thank you for that. Yeah. And this past year, too, was super cool because you had a, the first woman ever to officiate like in a Super Bowl and first coach there in a Super Bowl. She ends up winning a Lombardi looking back on this year, how proud are you of the steps that women are taking, especially in the game of football? You know, I mean, women are finally taking our place in football. What can I say? You know, they've called it the final frontier for women in sports forever. And I say, yeah, well, we're finally here. So we're just going to continue to do great things because it's that same love and passion, right? The guys have had for a long time. Now women have the opportunity to take their opportunities and keep stepping up to challenges as they present themselves, right? That's what I always said as a first, right? My promise was I would step up to every challenge the game put in my way because a lot of those challenges didn't exist, right? So when they come up, you're like, okay, all right, we're going to do this. Um, But it wasn't planned for. So it's great to see these women there. I mean, you know, Sarah Thomas and I, Uh, shared a handshake at her first game in the NFL and mine. And I I would tell that story to people and I'd be like, I want you to picture a handshake between a referee and a coach. It's an every game occurrence. In fact, it happens multiple times a game on every sidelines. And yet for the first time in the history of the game, that handshake was between two women. And it was a promise that there would be more women to come. That's what that means. And so 
you know, when she got the opportunity and tapped for the Super Bowl, you know, Sarah has become a dear, dear friend. Her daughter came out to her first football camp with me. And, you know, I'm very proud of that because she's an adorable little girl. Like we are dear friends. And she said, you know, I needed you to know this from me, right? I needed you to hear this was happening from me. It's not released yet, but you couldn't find it out in the news. And so I was like, and she said, I will have your initials with me somewhere out there on that field because, you know, we're all in this together. And Sarah is one of just one of those people. Um, so, yeah, it's I mean, it's exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's it's wild to think that not too long ago, 2015, you came out as the first. Um, and now to see not one but two women be a part of a Super Bowl winning team coach and a Super Bowl and win a Lombardi. Can you put that into words to see that come to fruition five years after you made your first step and you blazed that that path? Just, it, it almost feels like a dream, right? Like, you know, it's like you watch a, you watch a movie in your life and you go, wow, did that really happen? right? It's, it's like you have these big memories and they're so vivid and they're so clear. And in a blink of an eye, what, what we started there, right? With Bruce Arians, with a lot of those coaches and a lot of those players now comes full circle and um, new traditions are set, new expectations are set. And hopefully the standard um, and the cases being made that Diversity is a strength, right? Not only in coaching football, but everywhere in our society. Jen, how'd you break in in 2015? Oh, I love how did this you get, story. How, how did you get to where you are right now? So I got into men's pro football in the most painful way possible. I actually played. Um, so out of my women's career, I actually got tapped by the Texas Revolution, which was an indoor football team um, in Allen, Texas, general manager was none other than hall of famer tim brown but it never crossed my mind that i could make that leap that i could make that jump and so once that happened then sarah thomas actually played a key role in the next phase when she was hired as the first full-time you know female ref in nfl history um a reporter actually asked bruce arians about it right and said you know, could he ever see a female coaching in the NFL? And BA said, the second a woman proves that she can make these guys better, she'll be hired. Well, I heard about that and I happened to already be in pro football at that time. So I talked to my head coach about it and my head coach said, we should call Bruce. So, you know, I went to the Arizona Cardinals website and I found a number and I called the Arizona Cardinals on behalf of myself a as if call. I was not myself. Yep. I was calling on behalf of the head coach of the Texas Revolution because my head coach wanted to talk to their head coach because he had heard that Bruce Arian said the second a woman proved that she could make these guys better, she would be hired. And though it was not the NFL, there was already a woman yep. coaching in men's pro football who was in fact making these guys better and should yep. be hired. 
So my head coach wanted to talk to their head coach. And I apparently made it sound really, really good because I worked <laughs> my way all the way up to Bruce's assistant, Wes. Um, and Wes said, I think BA would really want to take this call. You know, can you give me your head coach's number? So it turns out that he did call my head coach back and literally was like, yeah, so tell me about this girl. And it ended up that, you know, they synced up and then BA invited me out to OTAs and, you know, all of that good stuff unfolded from there. You're a baller straight up. We've seen that. We've seen that when you play. You also played rugby too. Like that's, I was Emerson sport as well. And then um, you coached it and now you're leading the next generation. And then also you're, you're writing books now. Can you, can you quickly tell us about that before we let you go here? Yes. Well, I actually have four kids books that are out now. Uh, so my adult big book is actually play big. So if you want more of the story, if you enjoyed it, play big. Um, and it is on audible, which I did it. So, so that was important to my players, believe it or not. I didn't even know we were allowed to do that, but they told me absolutely put your foot down coach, which I really respect because they coach me all the time on stuff. And then my kids book series is called Critter Fitter, uh, literally using critters to get kids fitter through motion and emotion. And we have four of them that are out now. This is the newest one, the resilience, because we all need that now, right? We do, we need to figure 100%. out how to get back to this. Um, this one that probably got the most attention, which is wearing a mask says, I love you. That's goes the one I, I, the, I saw. Yes, goes through all the CDC guidelines and gives the mask hero story um, and the ability for kids to get back to school, back to work, return to play and be a proactive part of the solution. Um, when a ladybug can't hug, actually inspired by the real MVP Tyson, because he has big eye, big bug eyes. <laughs> When I couldn't hug my friends, I hugged him. So Ladybug teaches kids how to connect through the heart while staying six feet apart. And we can't forget movement, Critter Fitter with Busy Bee, an adventure in movement. And this one actually has a dynamic warm up, cool down, and a, about a 20 minute animal inspired exercise where you get to play pretend and get giggles and wiggles in for everybody who's been bouncing off walls in the pandemic. Lots of buzz about these books. Oh, oh, the dad jokes. Oh, this is why I like dudes. You got to know that that's coming, right? Like, I love the buzz. Like, let's get busy with it. Order the books, y'all. Come on. <laughs> Dr. Jen Welter. Yes, she is a doctor in the house. Uh, a legend, a trailblazer. We really appreciate the time today. Anytime. Thanks so much for having me. And Julie, way to come in on command, girl. Yeah, I love listening to that interview. I'm a big fan of yours as well, Jen. So keep up the great work. Hey, same to you. The respect and love is mutual. Anything I can do for any of y'all, just ping me. You know I'm there. If I can do it, we'll oh, tackle God. it together. Let's go. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Really? All righty. You guys know the, the drill. Two guests, two topics. With that, we're going to roll right into our second one. It is a favorite of mine because I started watching her back when she did the launch of FS1. And she was big into soccer, big into hockey. She's from Canada, so she, you know she's nice as hell. Uh, she's also really freaking funny. <laughs> Julie Stewart-Banks, really, really appreciate having you on. Uh, we know you, you, were, you were sitting there chilling for a little bit, but uh, I'm wearing pants today. I, I, I don't know, when was the last time you wore jeans like out in public? It's oh, weird. in public? Like a long time ago, because it is yeah. so cold here in New York City. So actually I wore two pairs of pants 
the other day. So <laughs> I, jeans. I had like long underwear and then jeans on because that's what the cool kids do here um, in New York. It's freezing. But yeah, I've been trying to like, look, I'm wearing a blazer. I'm feeling like I'm at work. I have look, shoes on right beautiful. now in my house. Whoa. Um, Cause I like to pretend like I'm going to work right now to make myself <laughs> just feel as though this one room I live in where my boyfriend's also working right on the couch there uh -huh. feels a right little there. bit different. Literally. Yeah. I feel <laughs> that by the, by the way, how does that go when like you're working so close? I literally have my wife sitting a foot from me. Like she can't stand <laughs> this me blabbing all day. I'm sure you're having, you two are yeah. having a lot of fun together. Well, it sucks because I realized how annoying it is to like live with me when he was doing like a podcast, he went to Wesleyan the other day yeah. and I was like, oh my God, this is what it's like when I'm on my show it is so <laughs> annoying because you can't do anything else. No matter how much you put up the volume in your AirPods, you still hear that person like giving advice to young kids and like talking about their <laughs> career. And it is, it's a lot. So yeah, I uh, signed a, um, a lease for a one bedroom apartment and very excited for that wall. It's going to be game changer. <laughs> uh, you host two shows for FUBA right now. Um, and they're very different from the standard debate and sports news shows out there. And it's, it's very different from what you've done in, in your career. So uh, what, what attracted you to the gig? Honestly, it was the fact that it was getting to do something completely authentic and different and um, having sort of like control over what the narrative of what it would be. And I had been, it, it was so funny, like I was offered another job at the exact same time that would be in the vein of a little bit more traditional broadcasting for a big network. But then this idea of like, hey, we're going to give you your own show two shows, which felt weird. Like why two, Not but whatever. Two. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's like, why don't we just stick to one? But okay. And <laughs> with both of them with my name on it. And I was like, had been kind of trying, you know, that idea of manifesting, having your own show. I'd been doing stand up and improv and really wanting like digging into the late night comedy scene, watching all the late night shows. And I was like, well, this is like kind of exactly what you've been thinking of and gearing yourself toward. And if you kind of don't do this, then that's not really in line with like what your goals and sort of what your, your vibe is right now. And my late manager who he sadly passed away, like uh, right after doing the deal with Fubo um, unexpectedly, he was like, he'd started Arsenio Hall show. He'd worked with Seacrest and Chelsea Handler and all this. He's like, oh, that's sick. he's like, you have to do this. He's like, you very rarely get offered your own show in life. And the fact that you get your own show and it's with like, you know, it's a, it's a newer kind of startup um this this could be really good for you he's like but you're gonna have to work your ass off with it every single second or else it won't work because it's your name there's no co-host on it no one I mean people care um about my show that work on it but it's not they don't have that personal tie to it with their name and face on it so like if you aren't obsessed with it it's not gonna work so then I just like kept that going and it's it is a lot it is like doing a group project by yourself every single day because it's it's a lot of work, um, but it is rewarding when you do see interviews get picked up by different places and you see people kind of taking note, whether they watch it or not. If they see like one Instagram story that says like, hey, I had like we had Brian Burke on, um, you know, I'm a big hockey fan, of course. So he's president of the Penguin, president of hockey operations for the Penguins, was a general manager of many different teams. I'm like, People say, oh, you had Brian Burke on your show. That's really cool. Like, even if they just see that, it's like they're 
that's in their brain that Julie has a show and she had a cool guest on. Whether they watch the show yet, it's like, that's our first step, you know, just getting on the radar. So it does, yeah. it does take a long time, but Fubo's given us, they've given us a longer leash than other networks I've worked at. Yeah. Cause you know, bigger net, the bigger the network, the, uh, the shorter the leash in terms of having the ratings and having things hit early. Yeah, and I know you've worked at, at a lot of places too, right? Like, I mean, ESPN, Fox Sports, like Barstool, but, you know, for your show right now, do you have like a favorite guest? Is there, has there been like a favorite interview or, of yours early on or one of your favorites? Honestly, I think one of my favorites has to be Katie Nolan, which was, un, it's unsurprising, but she came to game that day and I didn't know what to expect. And with the show, Drinks with Binks, I don't, I make sure people know like, alcohol is not like a thing like anything can be you know a drink that we're gonna have right now this is just a, a vehicle for us to have a conversation but katie came to drink and got tainted did, uh, yeah she we had beers to start and then we also had what's fun is uh coming up with like different games with people and so we came up with the idea that because katie and i like similar things of like sports jokes and writing jo I mean I hate writing jokes it's the worst thing in the world but like You're good at it though. Get, getting laughs out of jokes that are really good telling really good jokes at some point we wrote jokes for one another kind of like weekend update when they do when Colin and Michael Che they'll read what the other person has written but they don't know what it is so ahead of time I sent Katie like four jokes I'd written for her that she had to tell and she had sent them to my producer for me. So then, but they are making fun of yourself, right? Like all mine were Boston related ones um, because then it was more funny to have Katie tell like a bad boss, like a joke that put Boston down because she loves Boston. And she did the same with me for like Toronto and Canada and hockey. So, but then we, we made each other take a shot forever had the worst joke. So it was a real great episode. And then I had to interview Luke Voigt from the Yankees right after. And I was like super buzzed, but like, couldn't show that. <laughs> so, Dude, there's nothing just, like, more little... challenging than being drunk yeah. and then like trying to not be drunk. I think like it actually helped because I was sort of like a little bit loose and I was just been, like, so, so yeah, you know, um, like, tell, like, what's that like about, you know, oh, um, <laughs> Garrett Cole, like what's what's Garrett Cole like as a guy? And it's because you seem so, uh, you don't seem so intense like you're a reporter. I was just literally chatting with him. Yeah. Then it, it makes him open up even more actually. So it was kind of like, yeah, maybe I should do every show after having like five shots and I'll get like good stuff out of people. <laughs> we talk about that on our show sometimes. We're like, you know, if we could have just like one drink just to take the edge off, how much better would we be at our job? And then we're like- Or well, worse. Words. Yeah, I know. It's like I already struggled like from time to time, like putting words together and making a yes. sentence or and reading a prompter. Yes, remembering things. Oh my God, I've struggled with that for like 35 years. Yes, I know what you mean. He's got the, the memory of a goldfish. Um, hey, that's a good thing. So, and, he, and he's just kind of like all over the place. Like I'll tell him one thing. I'm like, hey, Emerson, remember this. And like two minutes later, he's like, Wait, what did you tell me? Yeah, I'm like that too. Way off the and rails. Alcohol you know? does not help that. No. No. <laughs> Absolutely oh. not. Um, what, what's your go-to drink then? Um, I'm pretty basic. Like, well, I'll pick whatever my guest picks. Oh. So whatever they okay. want. And sometimes they switch it up right before the show. Like, again, using Brian Burke as an example, we we're told he's going to have Diet Coke 
with maybe something else in it. And I was like, well, I got like a, a stack of something, yeah. but then also don't feel, you know, if you have, you don't have to add anything, but he came with a Coors light. So I was like, oh, oh, I just ran to my fridge and was like, had a Bud Light instead. So, uh, but I love whiskey sours um, okay. with egg whites, like the, what I used to drink back in the before times at bars. And I like rosé, pretty basic. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm super basic. Like people be like, oh, what is like your mixology cocktail? Da, da, da. I'm like, hey. I just drink like basic B stuff. So rosé. Crack like, open a beer. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what like I do. A, a general Labatt Blue would be great because that's then I get to go back to my Canadian roots. But a light beer, a rosé, and a whiskey sour is is all it takes. I'm I'm a fan of whatever has alcohol in it. <laughs> yeah, I can confirm that. Uh, working with her now for a little more than a year. Uh, what was the most challenging stop for you uh, leading up to this point? Like, you know, again, we go back to everything you've done, ESPN, Fox Sports, Barstool. I'm sure they've all kind of helped mold you into who you are today. Yeah, I think actually each single one of them was a challenge. And um, <laughs> I would I always kind of tell people, like, it's, it's amazing how many people are like, oh, wow, uh, you know, you're, well, they don't, I'm like, oh, wow, you're doing so great. You made it. It's like, no, you never, you never really fully make it like you're yeah. still always fully grinding all the time um i'd say like probably my most challenging stop along the road would have been my um barstool days and yeah. i don't really want to get too much into it but yeah. um just the idea that it wasn't necessarily the the most fitting stop along the the roller coaster of my career mm -hmm. but it it was part of the journey which you learn a lot more about yourself with that yeah and so even when times are difficult or maybe don't necessarily fit like it's so cliche but it's like what can you take from that and what do you then like you you kind of like look at yourself and you're like what do i like like who am i right because all of us are trying to figure out who we are beyond what we do because after I left Barstool, I was like, I wasn't working anywhere. And I had to, um, you know, I'd introduce myself as like, I'm Julie and not like, I'm Julie from ESPN. I'm Julie from Fox Sports One. Like where you could just be like, yeah, isn't it cool? Like I work at a network and not have to be like, I am a person who likes to do X, Y, Z. Right. And so I think that 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 then journey allowed me to think like, well, what do I like? Okay. I like doing improv. I like going to karaoke. I like doing this. And that kind of led me to doing stand up. And then as you sort of like distill it further and further down, you just, you just, just kind of think like I'm doing a, a masterclass with Jed Apatow right now. And he's like, you know, everyone has to kind of figure out their comedic voice or, or their voice in general. And it's like, if you're struggling to figure out who you are, like write down all the things that make you upset or that make you happy or that uh, you are angry about, like so, like things that like get under your skin. And you can kind of figure out like who you are within all that. And then, then you have a better idea of like, okay, or like I'm a person that's like, blah, blah, blah. I think this is probably the way I wanna go. And you just kind of figure out your identity more because you know, in this industry you get, you get maybe um, opportunities or lack thereof. And you're like, should I take this? Should I not? And then, it's like, well, figure out if it's right for you. And you're like, I don't know if it's right for me. Like, it's a job that pays money. Like, should I do this? And it's like, the more you know about yourself, the better choice you're going to make. 
Yeah. That's really good advice um, to write things down and help yourself figure yourself out. Jay, good having you on. JSB, Julie Stewart-Binks, appreciate you. That was a good time. Yeah, thanks guys for having me on. Keep up the great work. And, yeah. uh, you know, I hope that the Bruins don't beat the Leafs this year. That's pretty much <laughs> all I care about. If they, they pro- end up beat, if they end up colliding. True. Yeah. Nope. Bruins go down. This I know. Year. I kind of miss like them playing like all their Canadian like rivals like this season, yeah. but we'll, uh, we'll wait. I have don't a lot of your... PTSD over it. So yeah. <laughs> I'm okay right now to not relive, <laughs> relive that. You're welcome. Don't kill, don't kill your boyfriend either. You know, have some, you guys have some patience with each other. There well, if we've partner. made it this far, like a year like this, good. I you mean, more on him, his part, because I'm the one that's yeah. like, ha, ha, goo, 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 all, all the time on these. And he's probably like, just ready to go for it, but he hasn't yet. So. Yeah. <laughs> he like sleeps like with a knife over you. Like, well, he does do also that a side note. I do. I have posted about it, but I have really bad, like exorcisms in my sleep. I have really I just oh, bought wow. a baby camera so I can film myself. There's this chick on oh, TikTok shit. that films herself sleepwalking, which is amazing. I forget <laughs> her name. She's so funny. She's so, so funny. I'm also scared for her brain. But anyway, I've done sleep studies and stuff. Yeah. I've posted about all this. But I, last night, I, I woke up and I thought he was having a bad dream. And I was like, oh, my gosh, are you okay? <laughs> and he was like so confused. But I dreamed. <laughs> that he had a bad dream and I was then taking care of him. So, oh my God, um, inception. Yeah, yeah. He says he doesn't like to wake me while I'm in one of these because doesn't want to like, it's like, you know, you see the zombie, don't like get the zombie's attention or else they'll like come (laughs) at you. So (laughs) it's another day in paradise. (laughs) That's what it sounds like. That's how you end a show, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, for sure. That's the After Hours Podcast. We're sending it out tonight. Uh, We will see you guys next week. Uh, continuation of Women's History Month, more Bruins, more Celtics, maybe some Patriots news in there as well. And of course, for Emerson Lazio, I'm Celie Godwin. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody.